Welcome to Meta Talks, where we bring in experts to dive deep into all things metaverse. With your hosts, Kate Hancock and Daniel Robbins. Wow, Matt, can you tell us um, how is that being one of leading one of the successful NFT of all time? I mean, we 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 hear only about the top three successful NFT launch and the rest are failing. Can you tell us more about that? Uh, I am lucky enough to have been involved in a couple of successful projects, but uh, I've been involved in many, many, many unsuccessful projects as well before NFTs and I will be after NFTs. Like it's just a, it's just a shots on goal ratio thing. I, I would argue that I have launched more iOS apps than most people on earth. You haven't heard of almost any of them. You shouldn't have heard of most of them. Most of them kind of sucked, and that's okay. Uh, that's just you know that's the journey. But if you if you throw a ball enough times, eventually, even if you ain't very good at basketball, it's going to go in the hoop. Yeah, I'm curious about what what are some of the six. I mean, being part of Crypto Kitties, what are some of the things that makes it really uh, that made it work? Oh, this this could take a whole hour. Uh, yeah, I, I'm curious about that's what everyone's wanting to hear. So it was a different time. Mm -hmm. um, it was 2017. Nobody on this call had ever heard of NFTs. I'm guessing, like I'm being a little shitty, but generally, right? It was it wasn't a thing a lot of people were talking about because the word NFT didn't exist yet. Um, CryptoPunks were a thing. That was it. Plus these like weird racist rare Pepe things on the XRP network, and then those Curio cards that people like. But the, the world didn't exist as we know it. Um, on the other hand, every single like knitting magazines wanted to write blockchain articles. Everybody on earth wanted to write something about blockchain because it was as hot as NFTs were, say, last summer. But it was for just like blockchain in general, again, because NFTs didn't exist. DeFi literally wasn't a word that people had used yet. And so we got the timing really, really good. That's mostly luck. But... Also, some um, intelligence, maybe, but mostly luck. And we built a pink website. Everybody else in blockchain was like pretending they were fucking Neo in the Matrix with like green numbers scrolling up and down vertically on the black backgrounds. And they were like red pilling you. And they were going to show you the future of decentralization and all this crazy shit. And we just said, like, we're going to make cute, adorable cartoon cats fuck on the blockchain. You can make cute cartoon cat babies. And like that was that was different and cool. And uh, I mean, to be honest, when Roham said to me, I need you to make the blockchain fun. One of the pillars that I came back with was like, oh, well, it must involve cats because cats are the gasoline of the Internet. That's like opt out, not opt in. You explain why you don't use cats, not why you use cats. So um, that was that was, like I was right about that right cats cats people fucking love cats um i've heard the theory that dog people get to go to the dog park together or something and so they have some kind of like social stimulation in the real world but cat people sit at home with their cats and so this like online cat thing i don't know if that's why cats are so big on the internet but you know outside of porn cats are the biggest thing in video online and so that's kind of interesting um we had a group of by the time we when we first started working on CryptoKitties, it was three of us. And then three months later when we shipped it, there was like 12 of us. But we didn't have to onboard nobody because we'd all worked together for years at Axiom Zen. Uh, and so 
the immense trust that we all had for each other was pretty pretty exceptional and pretty neat uh and allowed for incredible collaboration like in very quick deep ways of working um we made a bunch of decisions about how to make this work well for blockchain native people like pricing things in eth uh we could have priced things in us dollars but there's a trajectory and not that we knew this at the time but there's a trajectory that i now have advised people they should take as a sort of blueprint which is to design your system so that the maximalists can ape in and then when you hit the tipping point it works fine from there i i live in my parents basement here but i didn't back then i was just visiting here and i was walking up the stairs and somebody sent me a text message that said you just sold a cartoon cat for thirty thousand dollars and like i know i know now we live in you know a post nft world and like thirty thousand dollars is nothing but i promise you that was the craziest fucking thing i'd ever heard in my life at that time there was nothing like that ever that was fucking bizarre (laughs) yeah i'm gonna before you're gonna do that i I have to give you an honor like you created this whole kittens and monkeys and the whole thing because you want it to be more fun so technically you started it all like how can you gamify the whole cartoonish thing i mean like that's do you ever like how does that feel you started a whole movement of nft being cute and fun i didn't start i pioneered i so so roham said to me in like june of 2017 he's like i need you to make the blockchain fun and I was like, no, blockchain sucks. It's for anarchists and libertarian fucking neckbeards. There's that word again. And like mouth breathers. And we ain't those people. So why are we going to do that? You know? And he was like, it's it's cute that you have an opinion, but also shut the fuck up and do your job. And I was like, oh, good point. Uh, and so that cat thing that I just told you about, about like cats are opt out not opt in that was true the other thing was i always wanted to make a gardening game where you didn't know what bird music you could collect based on the flowers you put in the ground so you put seeds in the ground and they would turn into different colored flowers and depending on the flowers in your garden different birds would come so this idea of like genetic discovery was really fun and interesting and then crypto punks i bought a crypto punk for 35 dollars because i seen one that looked like wonder woman and i fucking love wonder woman and so i was like I didn't tell nobody because I was embarrassed that I just spent $35 on a JPEG on the internet, but I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do that. So the point is, I did not, in I, like, pioneered would be a fair word, but not pioneered individually. Many people blaze trails, midgets on the shoulders of giants and all that. Uh, I will tell you, though, that the 721 standard that all of these JPEG empires are built on, like Solana's coming up, good for them, that's awesome. Uh Top shots clearly on flow, so they're not an ERC721. But the entire ERC721 standard that most of your uh, JPEG empires are built on was written by Dieter to solve my cat fucking problem. I came to work and I was like, hey, let's make cats fuck to mine Bitcoin. And Dieter was like, what are you even like talking about? That doesn't make sense. I was like, well, do blockchain things and then like make new cats and make them good. And he was like, oh, we need to create a standard so that we have non-fungible tokens so that blue cats and pink cats aren't the same. I was like, yeah, for sure, man, if you say so. And that led to the 721 standard. So I like to tell people that like, I was the kitty part of crypto kitties, not the crypto. 
And I was the problem that led to the 721 standard. Not the solution. Dieter and other very smart engineers all over the world. I work with a guy named Andrew now who worked on that standard. Like, this is decentralization. This is blockchain. It's never the story of one person. It's always a story of collaboration. But I caused problems that led to some pretty fucking incredible solutions, if we're being honest. Well, there you go. Hey, when we're one of the few first, you can create a solution, create a problem that gives a solution and people are making money off that problem. Hey, that's the whole ecosystem work, right, Dan? Yeah, no, that's, um, <laughs> I do, I like the way you explain things, though. So, uh, I know, it's very entertaining. I'm, I'm like, uh, this is fun. Dan, what's your question that one? Yeah, so how, so you went from the crypto kitties. I know that, obviously, like you mentioned, there was a lot of problems. You solved a lot of those problems. There was success. Um, incredible. So congratulations. How did that lead you to working with the NBA and, you know, everything that happened, the craziness of, of last year and then moving into this year? Uh, Crypto Kitties was crazy. Blew up. We were like twenty five percent of all transactions on Ethereum at our peak. It was really like a network melting affair, if I'm being honest. And uh, then they were like, "What's next?" And I was always really into like two shows from the '80s: one called Murder She Wrote, and one called Highlander, which is probably from the '90s actually. And I've still never figured out how to make a Murder She Wrote game, but I wanted to make a Highlander game. And we couldn't figure out how to get that license. So we just made Cheese Wizards. Nobody remembers Cheese Wizards, but Cheese Wizards was fucking awesome. Uh, it didn't work. It wasn't like a wild success. But this weird cartoon game we made, absolutely beautiful. Um, and that didn't, like I said, work really. And then they were like, oh, after Crypto Kitties blew up, um, every VC on Earth came knocking on our door and was like, please take our money. And so we took some of their money and we took that money into a new company we called Dapper. Ram said, hey, we need you to be the co-founder and the chief creative officer of Dapper. Okay. Uh, and so we did that. We started Dapper, launched Cheese Wizards from inside Dapper. Didn't work. Then they're like, now what are you going to do? And I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. And so they said, go sell the basketball people. And so... I went to New York with Katie, who's the best. She's like the head of marketing over at Dapper, probably still, except she's on Matlu because she just had a baby. Hi, Katie. And your baby. Uh, and, and we walked into the basketball office and we're like, hey, we just pushed like $50 million in gross market volume through the pink cats that you didn't know existed three months ago. And you have LeBron fucking James sitting on the bench. So why don't you do something about that? And loosely, they were like, good idea. Uh, I think it took like 18 months to actually negotiate that deal. And Katie led the charge. That was something Katie and Roham probably did a lot of, plus Mickey. Mick helped, I'm sure. Um, but over the course of all of that, I eventually left. Uh, and I, I walked away from Dapper. I went back to making uh, mobile games. That's what I do when I'm bored. I need to work. And then I guess like, man, 18 months ago... I always remember that Scarface scene. They dragged me back in. Not Scarface, Godfather 2. Uh, but still, you know, Pacino. Uh, so, I, yeah. I Some pe people I like and some interesting people were like, please come make NFTs with us. And then I called an old friend of mine and he was like, 
I think I want to spend the year changing artists' lives using smart contracts as the tool. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to do that too, but I'm going to do it with Grammy Award-winning rappers. And he was like, oh, maybe we should like hang out. I was like, yeah, we probably should. And then we started Big Head. That's John. He's my co-founder. I've known him for a long time. Wow. And so then we got going, and then now we've had a wild-ass 18 months, if I'm being honest. Wow. Awesome. Well, I think – thank you for sharing that. I think it, it helps – People have an understanding of, it, you know, it, it took you guys 18 months to close the deal with NBA to launch the you know, NBA top, Dan, what is that? Top shot. Top shot, yes. See, um, but like some people, they think it's just like 30 days, 90 days, right? It's, it's back and forth, back and forth. And it really is requires a lot of patience. And we have a question here from LinkedIn. Um, when... When CryptoKitties minted, what year was that, Mac? I believe it was November 28th, 2017. 2017, yeah. We didn't we didn't mint like projects do now. We had one year where every 15 minutes we would drop a new clock cat. And then people could breed cats, but new genes being introduced to the ecosystem would only come into these clock cats. Mm-hmm. So every 15 minutes we had a Dutch auction on one of these cats. And that lasted for one year. So there's 96 cats a year for 350, 65 days. And that's a very different approach than this 10K PFP minting thing that people do now. So now, um, do you have the correct figures of the total volume of crypto kitties? No Matt? idea. No idea. I'm sure it's ginormous, Dan. Um, <laughs> well, let's talk about the Play to Earn program. Who kind of started the whole thing, Mac? We made crypto kitties and like you know everybody loved it and all that and um i mean i'll tell you two things one before we launched to the public we had like a small beta group with i think like a thousand people maybe not that many all on telegram this is before people were using discord and shit and the other thing was the axioms and was this venture studio so we had different teams working on different projects in there and those of us who worked on crypto kitties weren't allowed to buy the cats because we knew the secrets of the genes. There's like mm-hmm. insider information that we had. But the other people who worked at Axiom Zen, as long as they didn't work on the project, were allowed to. And so one of them came up to me in this like alpha sort of beta before we'd publicly launched and was like, thanks for the trip to Vietnam, man. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he said, I just sold $2,000 worth of crypto kitties. And so now I'm taking my girlfriend to Vietnam. And I was like, the fuck are you even talking about? That was really like, that made no sense at all. Uh, but... The actual play-to-earn model, as I think most people think of it, arose when these lovely people called SkyMave, is that what they're called? Axie Infinity. This was before Jihaz joined their team and everything. This is just when it was a couple of Vietnamese dudes. And they wrote a blog post that was like, CryptoKitties is nearly perfect. What a cool concept. What, how important, blah, blah, blah. But it's deeply flawed in these three ways. And so we're going to build a game that fixes CryptoKitties. And I remember us at the time being like, oh, these fucking kids, this is cute. Like, whatever, pat them on their heads, you know, give them a call, wish them best of luck, and just laugh as they fuck it up. And that was actually, <laughs> they didn't fuck nothing up. They killed it, man. Those guys did awesome. So I think they invented free-to-play gaming for their, whatever we're calling it, play-to-earn gaming. Like, people made money with CryptoKitties, but I don't think it falls into that standard generating some kind of ERC-20 token that people think of as part of that core play-to-earn thing. Wow. Dan, do you have any question? Yeah. So um, now 
you know, now we're in a different place than you said than in 2021. Yep. So how do you see this playing out when you when it comes to NFTs and, and brands, you know, more brands and more mass adoption happening? Where do you see this be, you know, where do you see this going? What do you see this becoming as something that's maybe less about an investment and a resale value, maybe more of an add-on to a brand or an, a reward system? Where do you see this all going? Uh, mostly I have no idea. Um, I think most people who tell you they know what the future looks like are full of shit. Uh, but I think like one of the big ideas we had at Dapper really was Roham's idea, but, uh, something that we all kind of organized around was this idea that if you want to build an ecosystem in the modern sense of that world, you need developers and you need consumers and you need IP. Those are the three pieces of the triangle. And the developers will follow the consumers, and the consumers will follow the IP. And so what you need to do is get amazing brands into place, and then people will follow the brands, and then developers will follow the people. Uh, I think that's loosely true. That's a model that we rolled out with Topshop, right? At the point that they were building Flow, and I left before Flow launched. But at the moment that they were building Flow, there was no blockchain on Earth that was like, oh, we're going to launch with a major AAA IP. Everybody was pulling a Bitcoin, pulling an Ethereum. They were getting super, super nerdy developers to really believe and understand in the messages that they were sort of believing in and creating with their decentralized networks. And then slowly over time, letting that kernel of a community grow and expand. That was the model for how to build very successful blockchain communities. And like it worked at least twice, arguably many more times. Flow Flow took a different approach, and it was it was very high risk, if I'm being honest. And it sort of looks like it might work out, which is super cool. Um, I think a lot more of that, to your point, is part of the future. Like, people need to care about these things. People don't give a fuck about data security. People don't care about decentralization as a word. There's a bunch of big-ass buzzwords that the nerds were... <laughs> nerd words used that... Um, don't matter to muggles. They really just, they don't. Sell the benefit, not the feature. You know, I used to sell cameras at the Canadian equivalent of Best Buy. And it'd be like, stop fucking talking about how many megapixels are in this camera. Start talking about how beautiful the pictures are going to take of their grandkids' birthday parties are. That was the whole fucking thing. <laughs> and uh, I realized nobody buys megapixels in cameras anymore, but, you know, this is the old days. Uh, so... So I think the future does involve more major IP getting involved with this shit, but I also think there's like, I mean, these fucking goblins. Oh my God. Goblin Town is the greatest thing on the blockchain in like a year. And everybody who doesn't like it is silly. And I think as long as, as long as you've got shit like Adidas or Nike coming into the space, you will also have people being like, fuck that. You missed the entire point. We're going to go make some goblins gurgle for four hours on a Twitter spaces because this is fun and interesting. So to me, it, it almost sounds like you have, um, and by the way, I started selling cell phones in 2002. So I'm very familiar with selling them, not talking about megapixels. I actually, yeah. we might've gone through the same sales training class, but um, <laughs> so it almost sounds like you have multiple worlds converging into one is basically what I'm hearing. You have, like you're saying, people that, you know, quote unquote, more nerdy, they're more into the technology. Then you have, you know, corporations, bigger brands 
different forms of IP. You have all these people converging into one and how are they going to play together? And so I think we've kind of seen that over the last year and a half, which is quite interesting. Like some things people don't like, some things people like, and then there's the rest of the population that doesn't really care or know either way. So um, appreciate that, Kate, over to you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, can you believe what what are people are brands are doing now with this stuff you guys started back in 2017? Is that mind blowing to you, Mac? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, one thing we used to talk about was like in the old days of YouTube, when you said to major IP holders, "People are going to have your shit on YouTube." But like no, and like so nobody wants their their fucking blockbuster movie being on YouTube for free or anything. But just like for the sports moments, talking to the NBA, it felt a lot like what I imagined talking to the NBA about YouTube was. When you're like, yeah, no, the highlights are going to be on YouTube. Like the fuck they are. We own that IP, and we charge people a lot of money in order to be able to broadcast that. There's no fucking way we're putting that on YouTube. And just like social media, and before social media, for you real old bastards, blogging. Trying to convince these corporations that blogging was a thing they should do just made no sense to anybody. What the fuck do you mean we would write about like our corporate values or or what are, what are you saying? Like, no, no, I, I used to try and convince people many years ago to have business blogs. First blog I ever had. Ah, nobody cares about that. It's a side note. Anyhow, um, so, so. The thing about big companies right now with the blockchain things is that uh, there's this word progressive decentralization, mm -hmm. this sort of starting with the notion that if the system that we design has an end state where there are thousands of nodes operated by strangers all over the world, but in order to get to that point, maybe there's only four nodes in our blockchain and we actually run all of them. And that's clearly not decentralized. We're not pretending it is, but we're saying for an intended target end state. The path there is progressive in its decentralization. So that's cool. The brand IP stuff, talking about trying to get them into blogging and YouTube and talking about progressive decentralization. One of the coolest things about um, blockchain and NFTs and now we call it Web3 is extensibility. There was a time, there's, you know, people talk about the PayPal mafia. Mm -hmm. There's a kitty hat mafia that people don't know about. But one of the first things that came out for CryptoKitties that we didn't build was called Kitty Hats and let you put hats on cats. And there were just other NFTs of hats and you could buy them and you could stick them to your cats and the 1144 or whatever the new construct is, the new NFT standard that lets you merge things didn't exist. And so it's clunky and awkward and fucking weird and nobody remembers it. But to be clear, there's five people that I know of who worked on that project. Two of them worked at Dapper. One of them is the lead game designer in Top Shot, but like had profound impact on the future of NFTs. One of them is Jihaz, who became the co-founder-esque of Axie Infinity. Massive. One of them is Dan, who became employee number one at OpenSea. And one of them is Jeff, who just fucking rules in his building startup that you're all going to know about soon. This is like profoundly impactful these people's legacy on this space that we all live in nobody knows about that shit but what they were playing with at the time was extensibility and the thing with the nfts that one of the things we love was extensibility you can put hats on cats 
Somebody built a racing game for CryptoKitties. They didn't ask us. I remember being pissed. I was like, you can't build a fucking stupid racing game for our cats. I was like, yes, you can. That's the blockchain, man. The person who owns the NFT owns the NFT. And if somebody wants to build an application to make fun or beauty or value for the NFT holder, that's their business. That has nothing to do with you just because you made the NFT. That was an eye-opening thing and really, really neat and cool. And that's not being explored in NFTs for the most part today. And the brands that you're talking about are fucking terrified of that, understandably. Yeah. There's, it's, the, it's the dick and swastika problem, right? If I can remix your NFTs, you're just going to go around putting Nazi symbols on all of it. Well, fuck that. None of us want that. Or if you're just going to put penises on everything, it's kind of funny sometimes. But generally, like, I don't want penises on my, like, Steph Curry basketball card because we accidentally allowed for true interoperability in these major brand shit, you know? Hmm. Yeah, it, it's kind of crazy. Back, let's go back to uh, the Super Bowl. Everyone's very excited. Oh, we're gonna see um, Board Ape in in a commercial because hey, if you're a holder, then you might sell some merchandise. And these are some of the fun things. Like once you own that NFT, you own that IP, so you can do whatever you want with it. I mean, Mac, I've heard Dan and I were discussing. There's there's a, a Board Ape you know, holder that created a uh, lunch, a uh, restaurant in Long Beach. And it's, Dan, what is the name of that company? I think it was Bored and Hungry. It was a pop-up. <laughs> yeah, so it's a pop-up. You know, there's, here are some of the things that you can do with your NFT that I believe, I mean, you as a first creator, like, why would you do that? But then you kind of like the whole concept, like you said, you explain, it's really fascinating. And giving you know people opportunity to earn money so i don't believe that creative licensing rights matter as much as many people in nfts do the the fuss that gets thrown about oh do i have the ip rights over this you can like it's fine but honestly you can name on one hand on one hand the number of nfts that have tried to meaningfully use their creative ownership. And like, they're all apes because apes is the only IP that matters in the space. There's the wine thing that somebody did with apes. There's Jenkins. There's the fucking restaurant, whatever, the pop-up restaurant. These are all out of apes. Of all of the other collections and all of the shit that all of those founders got because they didn't give the right rights to the project holders. This is different than the extensibility thing. This is like, Mm. you own the ape. So you can choose what games your ape plays is different than you own the ape so you can go build a game around the ape. And and like when we first got into this and I didn't understand anything around IP rights, I got really excited and I was like, this is amazing. We have to have absolutely zero control over what people do with their crypto kitties. They own that cat. They own that image. They get to do whatever the fuck they want. That is so cool. That's really weird and really neat. And Dieter, smart guy, again, was like, and what about when somebody goes and makes a pillow for kids that has a crypto kitty on it, and it gives them cancer because it's made out of a carcinogenic material, and your IP is killing kids, but you gave away the creative rights. Is that cool? Are you good? Are you really excited for that? And I was like, no, fuck no. That's terrible. He's like, that kind of shit can happen. If you don't have quality control, if crypto kitties is the, like, pillow that killed the kids... Or somebody builds a toy that comes in a plastic bag that keeps strangling people because it doesn't have enough warning labels on it. Like, there's a bunch of weird things 
where as the IP owner, and not just me, like, oh, I created the IP, but you as the rest of the holders of that IP, if Doodles becomes the thing that, like, somehow the Doodle product was unsafe and somebody died because of a Doodles product, that's really bad news for all other Doodle holders. And so I don't know that the... You can do whatever you want. CC0, I think that's what the kids like to call it. I don't know that that's as utopian mm -hmm. and simple as, surprise, surprise, the NFT community likes to believe. We're not known for our nuance in NFTs, if I'm being honest. Yeah, totally understand. I mean, like, you have no control, and it's, it's, it's scary. Like, oh, my God, it's something totally not. And it's not about, like, oh, I didn't get my cut of the profit. It's about, oh, I didn't have the ability to mitigate risk. I wasn't mm -hmm. able to make good choices that saved all of us from some dumb, drunk asshole who happens to own the same IP as us and fucked it up for all of us. It's very easy to piss in the well of a great collection, and then we're all drinking that water. But if you have somebody who's guarding the well, then you have some kind of control. Yeah, yeah and yeah, no, I... um. I think we, we had a similar conversation around DAOs and entrepreneurship. The majority of our audience are entrepreneurs. Some are into the space, Web3. You know, some are getting in. Some have no idea. And, you know, we had a similar conversation around, you know, how does an entrepreneur or CEO give up, you know, some of that control in a DAO? And how is that going to be in court and all that? And there's been some interesting, you know, recent cases. But um, I'd love to hear about the Big Head Club. Mm. and uh and what you're doing with that now uh so 18 months ago I started making nfts again called john i want to make weird nfts for artists um so we started doing that ended up meeting some people down in uh, la we met mila and ashton and ended up doing stoner cats with them so that is a. Uh, NFT that they put, well, Mila put together, nothing to do with Ashton. He's just pretty. Uh, and fuck, that man is pretty, my God. But uh, we did Stoner Cats with Mila, and it's super neat. It's, it's six episodes of a cartoon that you unlock, and you can only watch if you own the NFT. At Big Head Club, we like to do strange and marvelous NFTs that stand the test of time. The kind of thread that we're trying to weave through all of it is pushing the medium forward. Experimentation, trying something new. Um, we thought we were the first to ever do that episodic gating of content. There's a cool NFT called Deadheads that likes to remind us that they were first. So hi, Deadheads. Yes, I know you were first. But we didn't know that at the time. Uh, so that was an attempt to push that envelope forward. And then we did something called Oni Ronin, which are absolutely mind-blowing. Samurai haiku poems. We took real haiku death poetry, because that's a thing. In order to die well as a samurai, you would try and write your death poem as close as you could to the moment that you died. And so we took 20 of those poems from history, like real haiku death poems, and built an entire NFT collection around them. And we've got these heavy metal fantasy things. We've got comics, and we've got lessons, and you can send your Ronin to the Trial of Ascension, so the bravery mechanic is in there. And that was new, never seen in NFTs, where you would find out whether you had a golden Ronin or just a fallen Ronin. Uh, and then we did Ghostbusters, and Ghostbusters has gotten incredible, like the official Ghostbusters Afterlife NFTs, there's an incredible medium in there, um, like a mechanic about the mob are these new NFTs that will visit your wallet if you own a Ghostbuster already, because as Minipuffs like to travel as a pack, uh, 
And then if you have a ghost trap NFT, which we made, you can capture the mob and get one for free. Again, just always trying to push the envelope of what's been done. Um, sometimes embedding that inside major IP, but that comes with more stress than it's worth in a lot of cases. And we like to support weird art. We just released a collection by a guy named Stringbean that nobody's ever heard of, but he just made art we loved. We've done pieces by somebody named Viet Ovuski, Late Afternoon Drizzle, beautiful, strange art. Honestly, like we like making weird, cool shit, and we have the privilege of kind of being good at it and making money, and so we're going to keep at it, you know? Hey, that's the best job in the world, making weird, cool shit. There yeah, you it's, kind of, it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of okay. Kind of not complaining. Yeah, Mac, I'm kind of curious where are your creativity coming from? Can't help it. Was born this way. <laughs> there you go. Hey, thank you for your contribution to the whole digital art. You know, it really made it fun. And and it is sometimes like conservative people, entrepreneurs, like who the hell would buy this crazy, weird, cool crap, right? <laughs> One of the best things I do to keep myself humble is go read the comments in Facebook on any NFT article. It's very good. It's very good. The 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 fucking one line that sums up my professional life over the last five years is a fool and their money are easily separated. That is the anthem of Facebook comments on every single NFT article out there. And I'm always like, it could be, I suppose. I don't know. I feel like it's been working out, but you never know. Hey, the, those are the things, though. The the um, haters, those are the things that, okay, I can make it even more so people could hate me even more. <laughs> like, so, right? to be honest, do you guys know Lil Michaela? No, not at all. Tell oh us. Oh, my more. God. Okay. Lil Michaela is the best thing in the world. Lil Michaela was a virtual influencer, and nobody knew that she wasn't real for a long time because she looked super real. And eventually it came out that she was put together by a company called Brood. Brood ended up creating Friends with Benefits, which is like arguably the biggest DAO culturally that matters in the NFT space. But Lil Miguel had nothing to do with NFTs. She was just this virtual influencer. And at Dapper, we raised $12 million, the first time we raised money. And like the internet lost its shit. They were so fucking mad that the, the, the cartoon cat fuckers on the blockchain were had just raised $12 million. This is the problem with Silicon Valley. You people are out of touch. This is just another like cookie delivery app. Solve real problems. People are dying of cancer. This is bullshit. I hate Silicon Valley. All this. And then like the day after we made that announcement and pleased the world as we did, Brood came out and said that they raised $6 million. And once again, like the same people on the same TechCrunch articles, because people were still reading TechCrunch, just fucking furious. Just like, this is unacceptable. Who would give this $6 million? And magically, I was talking to, weirdly, I was talking to like the woman who runs Fenty, Rihanna's thing, and or the creative director over there. And she said, do you know brood you know little michaela and i was like no but i worship them i like i'm so infatuated with this thing that they've built and so she said i'll, I'll set you up on a call i called them trevor became a good friend of mine i think he's actually he might even be an investor in big head he's at least an advisor somehow he's involved in this fucking business but at the time i called him and i said listen the same people who fucking hate me hate you let's give them something to really fucking hate and we were going to do some weird shit together. It was going to be super fun and super cool. But we never really got around to it. 
Man, but there's some weird pitch decks in this world about like little Michaela meets Crypto Kitties from 2017. We'll make an NFT out of those. It'll be worth a lot of money someday. Oh my God. Well, let us know before, um, you know, before it gets out. So that's hilarious, though. See, that's why I like this, this, this comments and haters, it creates even more fun things because, hey, why not? Right? Drake taught me, man. Thanks to all the haters. I know G4 pilots on a first name basis. Even my kid knows that line. That's like how the shit works. Then, yeah, no, it's um, it, it's really interesting. Like you're saying, it's uh, but we all know those people though will hate on everything because that's you know some people live in the drama and some people live in positivity. But uh, I'm curious though, I, and I was uh, I was looking at the Ronin. Love that. I've always really interested in, in Japanese and uh, history there with the stoner cats. Mm. Did they, uh, how did that come about? I'm, I'm really fascinated that you worked on that project and it seemed like that, you know, I know they they've done the BFF and some other big projects. So it seems like that's, that had become more and more popular as uh, you know, Mila got more, more known for the NFT in the crypto space. So, uh, Ashton runs or works at a group called Sound with Gaio Series. Sound are some VCs. Um, when we were putting Big Head together, we were talking about taking some money from some people. And through the journey, I met a woman named Mario. Mario is the shit. Mario is the best ever. And uh, I was talking to Mario about our business, and we were talking a lot. And... She, because she works with Ashton, she's friends with Mila. And so she kept saying, like, Mila's going to do this Stoner Cats thing. And the problem for them, so Lisa and Mila run Orchard Farm. It's a production company. And they learned about Stoner Cats. Three people made Stoner Cats, came up with the idea. Their names are Sarah, Chris, and Ash. This is how this industry works, and I've learned this. They're the creators. They're like, we have a fucking idea. We have a vision. We want to make a thing. And then they have to go to a producer and get the producer to fund it. And the producer, production house, is Lisa and Mila called Orchard Farm. And so Orchard Farm is then supposed to uh, go to Netflix, go to a movie company, go to Cartoon Network, and try and get you distribution and, I guess, raise some money for you to make a cartoon. They didn't think they could get anybody to buy Stoner Cats. Apparently, they tried with a bunch of people, and everybody's like, no. And then Mila said to Ashton one day, hey, can we, like, NFT this thing? And he was like, uh... I don't know, but you should call Mario because she will know. And you should call Morgan, a woman named Morgan Beller, who's the shit. She's fucking amazing. And she is a VC at NFX, but she also was with David Marcus, co-creator of Libra. And uh, I guess they call it Diem now, the Facebook blockchain. So anyhow, there's a group of very, very talented women who some knew a lot about NFTs. Some knew a lot about making TV and they came together. Maria's one of them. I was talking to Maria. She kept pitching me their different ideas. I could be like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. And eventually they're like, fuck you. Come talk to Mila and Lisa. And so I talked to Mila and Lisa. And I was like, oh, they like, they kind of get it. And they kind of care. And this is fucking cool. And so we did that project with them. And to their infinite credit, they're like, drank fully from the Kool-Aid. They did gimmicks. Their next project Totally blockchain, totally own the NFT to see the content. It's on Solana. They got another one coming. They they like truly 
love and believe in this weird world. And honestly, it hasn't been easy. Like being a celebrity, it's awesome. You have a big fancy house. People love you, blah, blah, blah. Like all sorts of great shit. But also like the target on your back fucking sucks. Really and truly. I've seen this firsthand now. Mm -hmm. Target on your back sucks. You do interesting things. You fail. People mock you. People hate you. People laugh at you. And you're a real human being on the other side of that. You're sitting there reading the fucking comments on Instagram just like everybody else is. But Mila and Lisa, God bless them. They're like, I don't want to say all in on this. That's probably overstating it. But they're like, they're, they fucking believe. They really think it's really exciting to eliminate middlemen and for the creators of the content and the consumers of the content to connect to each other directly. And and that's sort of the power of what we're doing here. One of the powers of what we're doing here. It's really fucking neat. And I, Lisa is a friend of mine probably for many, many, many years to come. Mila's fucking awesome. Uh, but even if I never spoke to them again, they would be on this blockchain journey. They really are like they are priestesses in our church now. Mm -hmm. Wow, I, I really way. love those. Yeah, Dan, oh, go no. ahead. Um, no, I was just we say, were. I, I really I appreciate the way you explain people. By the way. like the words that you give to explain how incredible people are hmm. is great. By the way, <laughs> go ahead, Kate. Yeah, so um, I really love that, um, Mac. We were just at Cannes. Um, film festival and I, I you know we met a few of the five people that was a pioneer of owning um, uh, Bitcoin and they were there making film and again exactly what he was sharing like they want to fund movies through Bitcoin and and they were you know a few first and I love the the passion about it like someone has to do it right uh, someone has to jump off the cliff to, to try and if this is gonna work and that and then figure out if my parachute is gonna work in the middle middle right but I, I do have so much respect for these people because being the first comes with risk and like again a lot of haters and will mock you when you fail but they were the one that first test the market and then you gotta earn the benefit in the end. And it would be like really fun if I wasn't an emotionally sensitive individual. I personally am. I'm like highly emotionally sensitive. It's an interesting thing that I only came to realize later in life and be very comfortable with. But when people say mean shit about me on the internet, I totally care. I totally fucking care. I would love to be like, no, no, it doesn't matter. Like as a parent, I'm supposed to tell my kids, it doesn't matter, you know, sticks and stones will break my bones. Names will never hurt you and shit. Fuck that. Names hurt like a motherfucker. People being shitty on the internet is really, really hurtful. And it makes people like me feel small and little and it's awful. And before meeting some very rich, very famous people, I'd be like, why the fuck do you care what the internet thinks about you? Like, those are some mouth-breathing troll motherfuckers. Who cares? Really? And logically, I'm all in. I get it. It doesn't matter at all. There's no practical consequence. Emotionally, care deeply. I'm not saying I'm not saying you should. Could be that it's a weakness, but it's also true. And I'm far more interested in the truth than the strengths of the weakness of the statement. Mm -hmm. Dan? Yeah, no, it's... um. People from the, in this space, it seems like there's you do have some very outspoken individuals. Always and, anonymous. And uh, yep. So people don't put uh, their name on shit. And that, to be honest, that helps a lot. When people won't put their name on shit and they're flapping their lips, I'm like, oh, right. Okay. My address but, is all over the internet. My phone number, my email, my kids' names. Like, this is me. You can find me. I'm just doing me. And while some shitlord wants to anonymously act like they know everything that's going on, it makes it slightly easier. But still not easy. Still not easy. And uh, But definitely, and it's bigheadclub, by the way, right? Bigheadclub. Yes, sir. Club. All right, well, yeah. So 
Love those. Go ahead, Kate. Yeah, no, this is really fun, Mac. I hope you're enjoying your time. Always. It's really wonderful hearing, man, some of those stories that you're sharing. It's, you know, it, it, it's really amazing to hear that. Again, you guys are the first to kind of deep dive into this. And a lot of people get rewarded and benefited from your hard work and getting smacked in the head. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. I know, I didn't realize too that you had i didn't realize a lot of people that like you mentioned creating a lot of these companies and stuff were together at one point and everyone kind of knew each other a small community now they've dispersed like you like jiho and you know open sea and um which is incredible so uh, do you find up. i'm back uh, i fucked up the audio but i'm back i'm back, uh, I'm back. no worries do you find that a lot like you had mentioned before like jiho you know obviously huge success and some of the other people you mentioned went to open sea are you finding that people from that when it was very, very tiny and now they've kind of dispersed and doing different things, are people still open to collaborating with one another, to speaking with one another, or do they do their own thing and they kind of like fade off and, and don't really reconnect with the previous uh, uh, people? No, there seems to be a, there seems to be a like earn stripes thing. Like if you bought an NFT in 2017 and you talked to somebody else who bought an NFT in 2017, you like earn a seat at their table automatically sort mm -hmm. of now to be clear a lot of those people never left like remember i stopped making nfts i went and made mobile games for a while and a lot of these degen motherfuckers never left they're all a lot richer than i am too to their credit this is what you get for like being religious about the right thing and they were <laughs> religious about the right thing uh so but i mean i i don't want to I don't want to say that I have everybody else's experience because all those people, like if you were buying NFTs in 2017, you were buying CryptoKitties and then you knew me. I was a figure in that small community at the time. So I have really good access to anybody from 2017. Um, but I think they have really good access to each other as well. Outside of the fact that there are some rivalries and some of them don't like each other and somebody said something stupid about somebody or something over the years. Generally speaking, there is a like, just, yeah, like, 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 fucking I see you and, and I know you believe and you believe in something that I believe in and so there is a seat at my table for you. There will always be a place set. And I think that's generally how it works for those old timers. I keep hearing people call themselves vets because they were doing this in 2021. I'm like, okay. That's cute. <laughs> I like that. That's cute. But um, to, to you guys core team credit like the Axie Infinity it really provides a lot of livelihood to a lot of people in Asia. And Mac, I grew up in the Philippines and hearing kids that are making money, making more money than their parents. It, it's truly like that kind of really want me to embrace of Web3. And just so you know, we're putting together the biggest metaverse festival in Manila. Because Ooh. if you look at if you look at the whole landscape of adoption of a crypto wallet, um, they're number two in the world. So that's because of Axie and the whole play to earn program. And so I really believe into that because it really providing job and livelihood to kids and help their family. And that's a beautiful thing. I think for it's me, so that's neat. a beautiful thing. It's so weird. And like, again, anybody from 2017 who told you they saw this coming would be full of shit. Like that person is objectively a liar, but it's cool. It's cool to have been a small part of the sort of witch's cauldron science experiment that led to this madhouse world we live in. I'm honored to be along for the ride, you know? 
Yeah, um, I was just in Barcelona speaking about Web3 for entrepreneurs, you know, getting ready for them before they get disrupted, a few of their businesses. But I got asked a question to one of the female who's head of the Harvard um, Innovation Lab. And, and she asked me, Kate, how do you feel about this whole play to earn program where one giant is making money? I said, X, Y, and Z. I mean, the kids are making money. I mean, I'm okay with it. Like, they're helping their family and self-sufficient themselves doing the things they love. I mean, I understand one person making money, but they're benefiting from it. And it's spread to third world country. That's a beautiful thing. And so she actually said, well, I really like how you explain this because sometimes people just focus into, oh, this should not be a big giant making money, but it dispersed to a lot of people. And, and that's the beauty of Web3 that I, I really love. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mac, for being here. We're honored that you're here. So, of course, we always ask people, where do you where can they find you and hear more information? I know there's bighead.club, B-I-G-H-E-A-D.club. Where else can they connect you or what's a good way that people can get in touch with you or, or the company that you have? Uh, uh, what is my Twitter name? Bighead Mac. Big head, M-A-C-K, I think is my name on Twitter. I quit Twitter. I turned 40 and I quit litter. Not litter. Liquor and Twitter. I was like, I'm an alcoholic and I'm addicted to social media. So I'm going to get <laughs> off both those motherfuckers. And so I spent one year not drinking and not tweetering. I deleted LinkedIn. You know what my favorite thing is? People say dress for the job you want, not the job you have. You heard that expression? Mm-hmm. The most interesting, powerful people I've met don't use LinkedIn. And so I was like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to dress for the job I want. I'm going to delete that motherfucker and see what happens. And it, it was not a direct result, but like I, in the year after that, I had a wild fucking year uh, of, of interesting, strange new friends. I'm rambling. Big Head Mac on Twitter, Mac at Big Head Club, M A C K at Big Head Club. I'm not going to give you my phone number, but I'm really easy to find on the internet. I think. Yeah, Mac, I have a one last question, your idea. Okay, I'm going to throw this out you. Um, if you have, you know, you have a big palace that charged 100K a night and they wanted to drop an NFT, what creative picture would, would you put that? Like, what would be the digital art? Mm, Just random. It's a big fancy castle. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what the art is like. If you buy the NFT, Jim Carrey will hunt you with a crossbow inside the <laughs> castle. He's one of my favorite. There you go. See, um, I want to go there. <laughs> right? Yes. Oh my god, I'm laughing so hard. Thank you, all right, Mac. Maybe man. we can we can all make that happen. That would be incredible. We can make that happen. It would be a great project. I think so. There you go, <laughs> Mac. What a pleasure. Um, thank you so much for sharing all your input stories. And um, man, hats off to you. And your friends. Thank you. Y'all have a wonderful day. Thank you, Mac. Thank you for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And visit metatalks.com. That's talks with a Z.